Ah, welcome aboard. Whether you've got here by accident or by mistake, you've reached fishing without bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, and full impact mindfulness. As a reminder, there's no admission fee, just the honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness to try. In this particular podcast, what we try to do is not tell you what to do, but show you how to do it. We're looking for people who are not looking to find themselves, but whether create themselves. We're looking to help people explode into their lives and fully participate and explode into their life with color and spread their wings. And as always today, I'm the producer of this program, uh, Mr. Mike, my good friend and co-producer. And also, as we've been trying to do in the past, we're on location at Ark Manor Addiction and Recovery Center in Catanning, Pennsylvania. And if we hear some of the uh, background noise, it's atmosphere, it's the environment, this uh, as everything in life, it's a work in progress. And uh, just consider it a, a sound of progress. And today I'm joined by my uh, longtime friend and uh, good companion, uh, Dr. Michael Watterson. Welcome, Michael. Thanks, Jim. Glad to be here. So, Mike, as we've known each other for uh, quite some time, uh, what our audience seems to like to listen to is where a person came from, what happened and what it's like now. Uh, so when you hear Dr. Michael Watterson, you just didn't hatch into this moment. Uh, people say, well, how do I get there? How do I? Well, you're lucky. You're a PhD. Okay. You didn't order that in the mail. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, how it was, what happened and what it's like now in your, in your own personal journey, Mike. Yeah. So it definitely has been a journey. Um, didn't always know where I was going. Um, but eventually I kind of headed here and, and this is where I landed and I'm really thrilled and, and honored to be able to be here. Um, so really, yeah, I started not, not knowing where I wanted to go, but, but knowing I always wanted to do some kind of help. Uh, to the community of some kind, um, you know, uh, went from high school into college, uh, changed my major quite a few times. So uh, it was education for a minute, psychology, um, and then switched over to just general arts and science. Um, I changed colleges quite a few times for undergrad um, to just really try to find what was the best fit for me. Um, so it took a while of just taking different courses, uh, you know, going into different organizations and, and agencies and just trying to, to kind of find my spot. So what you're telling us is that some people seem to think that, uh, gee, I've started this, I've got to finish it. Yeah. And people stay in situations a lot of times, Mike, not because they're comfortable, but because they're familiar. Mm -hmm. And so tell us about the courage to change all these things and what we try to help people understand is they really don't need to make their decisions based on what others will think of those decisions. Yeah. I mean, it is really important to kind of make your own uh, way, right? And to not uh, get stuck uh, in that kind of sense of being comfortable, um, even though it's not maybe what you really want. Uh, the fear of the unknown, right, is a pretty uh, huge motivator to kind of do nothing sometimes. And we don't want to be paralyzed with that. So uh, sometimes it is about taking a risk. Uh, and so that's what it was for me is saying, you know, this was a, a good school, but it wasn't for me. It was a little bit too small. It limited uh, some options that I wanted to do. So then I switched and uh, ended up going to Penn State Barron up in Erie for my undergrad. Um, got to have great experiences there. Really got to take some great courses that allowed me to kind of have my eyes open to 
you know, the diversity of the world, um, you know, what I just kind of didn't have growing up in a rural area. Uh, and then it allowed me to bring that back to, uh, to Armstrong County to be able to kind of hopefully make some change happen. So yeah, after undergrad, I, uh, you know, kind of just fell into, um, a clinical assistant role uh, at a rehab center. Um, it was a long-term rehab center, so it really got me to kind of have this new experience of, kind of what uh, what recovery was. Um, you know, I've been affected by it by you know folks in my my life and my family, um, so I knew that end of it, but I kind of didn't know the recovery end of that. Um, so I got to have that experience, um, and then from that, I was like, I, I really, really want to go into this field a bit more. Yeah, so if you want to learn how to milk cows, you go to a barn. Yeah, normally. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able to to kind of get a lot of experience that way. Experience that that means so much to people. So, how did you handle this deal with Mike? You're changing schools again. Yeah, I did have a lot of that, um, and sometimes maybe it wasn't the best decision financially. Uh, added a little bit extra time to my to my journey to uh, graduate, but. Ultimately, it's just what needed to happen for me, probably, um, because it did uh, give me that experience and just kind of knowing that that it was the right thing for me. Um, you know, something was missing, something uh, I just needed something else. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes I kind of have to you have to push back a little bit from those. So, what you're talking about is courage, and quite often when people will say, "Well, I don't know what to do, Mike," uh, then we might say, "Well, we don't know what you need to do either." However, we have a strong hunch that you know what not to do. Yeah. So when you were going through all of these different evolutions, uh, what what did you find out what not to do, Mike? What did you find out what you didn't want to do? Well, I, I definitely didn't want to um, just kind of be a, a cog in, in kind of the, the whole factory. I wanted to kind of stand out and, and try to make some changes. So I, I knew that I kind of wanted to to push forward and to kind of get even more understanding and more knowledge. So that's why I, I needed to kind of kind of push and, and to do some new experiences that weren't always uh, the, the most comfortable um, because I, I just find it, it's a value of mine is to kind of, to really understand the inner workings as much as I can, you know, and there's always learning to be done. Um, and so that, that's probably one thing I learned is to just not stop. You kind of have to really get, keep going. Well, Mike, quite often, when we talk about comfort zones with people, people assume that that's their safe place, like a man cave, mm -hmm. all right, or whatever that is. However, what I try to explain to people is that I consider them like a balloon with an infinite capacity for expansion. And our job is to frustrate them enough to push against that the boundaries of that comfort zone so they get frustrated and irritated enough to push outside. You've heard, think outside the box. Nothing, there's no growth that takes place inside a comfort zone. Yeah. So you have family. You, this is your community. This was supposedly, some people would consider a comfort zone. Yeah. And so, you know, coming back here was definitely a comfort zone, but kind of doing, uh, you know, taking on this new role or, you know, changing positions or whatever, it, it definitely gets me out of my comfort zone. So, you know, I, I got really settled into being the role of a therapist and, and started to feel fairly comfortable with that um, and really enjoyed that. Uh, but when this position became available, 
uh, you know, I was anxious about it. This is a, a totally new thing. Um, and so I feel like sometimes that anxiety is important. Um, it, it leads me to know that something's changing and that's okay. So oftentimes with clients, I'll have them uh, try to write their name with their non-dominant hand and ask how that feels. And it feels awkward and uncomfortable and just not right. Um, and that's kind of what change feels like. Uh, it's uncomfortable and new and awkward. And that's kind of okay. We have to we have to learn how to tolerate some of those feelings in order to kind of grow. And how do you address people says, well, I'm afraid to fail. And so failure is just something that happens sometimes. So trying to understand kind of the the common universal experience of not always succeeding um, and trying to give ourselves some uh, compassion for that. Um, so, you know, self-compassion, I think, is a really big one for me recently, uh, for myself and for, for folks that I work with, um, of just trying to be able to learn that, yeah, we're, we're going to have those moments of suffering and that that, that, that just is. So say more about, say more about self-compassion, Mike. Yeah, so I really um, think we're, we tend to really be hard on ourselves and we give compassion, I think, to a lot of other people that we don't give to ourselves. And uh, it just leads to a lot of shame, uh, a lot of you know sadness, depression, um, guilt, um, and we get really stuck in that. And I think, like you said, it the fear of, of not doing it, of failing, kind of keeps us stuck um, and we don't take those risks to try to grow. So um, being able to give ourselves compassion, um, you know, one, it takes some mindfulness to be aware that we're not feeling great about whatever the situation might have been. Um, and then recognizing that, you know, everybody kind of has those feelings that we're not alone. Like we don't have to, to be isolated and, and suffer by ourselves. And then to give ourselves some kindness. Well, in a 12-step world, when someone's a bit upset or will say, well, what you're dealing with now is terminal uniqueness. Yeah, yeah. So when you're talking to somebody about this inner type of critic, when you're talking to somebody who has no problem helping other people, but they really hesitate to accept help themselves or even ask for it, or I would suspect that you've dealt with many people who deflect compliments. Yeah. How do you deal with that, Mike? Yeah, so it is about starting to practice being okay with that. You know, I think there's a part of our society that doesn't like that. You know, we have to kind of minimize all that and move away. Um, but it is about being able to accept it either from ourselves and from other people. So one way is we can kind of practice writing a letter to ourselves, but from the perspective of a friend who cares, mm -hmm. who wouldn't judge us, um, and then trying to work on putting that into our own words, because it's just hard for us to do it to ourselves, to give us ourselves that compassion and kindness. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. We're either taught that if we take care of ourselves, it's selfishness and yeah. self-centeredness. Yeah. Say about that. How do you deal with that, Mike, when somebody comes up and says, oh, I can't do that? Yeah, I mean, self-care is so important. You know, I mean, it it is kind of selfish to not take care of yourself because then ultimately, you know, you're going to probably not be able to live the healthiest life and someone is going to have to take care of you then. So, um, you know, it it is an important um, you know, role of, of just taking care of yourself. Um, you know, I use the idea of if you're on a plane and things start to get a little rocky and those uh, airbags come down, what do they tell you to do? They say, put it on yourself before you help anybody else, in, including your kid. And it feels unnatural, um, but you can't help anybody else if you're not able to help yourself first. That's one of the 
key elements that I use with patients. I say, well, when the flight attendant gives the oxygen mask instructions, who do they tell you to put it on first? Yeah. 99% of the time, like they'll tell me their children or the other person. Yeah, but it's not. I'll say, listen to the instructions. Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you how did that work in your life? I know you. I know you're an empathetic. Yeah, guy. I yeah. know. I, I, I know you. Yeah, and I I have a lot to give to others. It is still constant practice to give it to myself. You know that fear of failure and that kind of sense of of frustration or or shame whenever you know something doesn't work out. It's hard. Um, so I have to practice those things on a regular basis. So you said practice. Yeah. Okay. So I have to really challenge those thoughts when I get them and really kind of give myself the compassion that I would to other people. So sometimes I, I try to put it somebody else into that situation instead of myself to say, well, how would I how would I react or what would I think about that person if it happened? And that allows me to kind of have a different perspective. So at times what we do is I we suggest that, okay, what would you say to a friend? When someone's feeling bad or they don't know what to do, I'd say, okay, what would you say to a friend? Can you say those things to yourself? So you talked earlier about challenging thoughts, Mike. Mm -hmm. Could you say a little more about that? Everyone has thoughts. You and I both deal with people with racing thoughts. Yep. So we all have thoughts uh, that kind of just pop in, right? They're automatic thoughts, you know, usually based on past experiences with the world. And, uh, you know, they come from somewhere, but they just happen. um, And we don't have to accept them as complete fact um, and 100% rational because they're they're probably not. How do you help someone understand that merely because they have a thought that it's not true? All thoughts are not true. Everything we read is not true. Simply because somebody says something doesn't make it true. How do you help people with that? So, I mean, we sometimes have to do kind of a, a little formula where we look at the evidence, right, that says, uh, that supports that. You know, what what do we know for a fact um, that kind of helps support that or doesn't support that? Um, and often we'll kind of find out that maybe there's not a whole bunch of fact, maybe a little bit, but not a whole bunch. And so we can kind of change that thought just enough to be uh, a, a little bit more realistic. Check the facts. Yep. How's that worked out in your own life, Mike? So it it's helped, you know, um, you know, even just kind of the idea of coming to this position as director of Arc Manor, um, you know, that's a huge responsibility. It was a big jump for me. So I was pretty nervous. Um, but kind of realizing that, you know, it's going to be okay, you know, kind of looking at kind of what's the worst case scenario, you know, so if I decided I couldn't do it or didn't want to do it, is that okay? Um, so it's challenging all those thoughts that I must do it and it must be done perfectly. It, it does. And I'm, I'm going to learn. I'm going to have some bumps and we're going to get through it because luckily I have a team. It's not just me. Um, and so that helps. Isn't that important? Yep. To have other people to know that you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. To helps. have people that you trust enough that you can share with. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's pretty me. So what do you do? What do you do to people who have that low self-confidence, that low self-esteem? Well, that's easy for you, Mike. True. I mean, I guess it probably does look maybe easy for me. It still work, but it is, you know, definitely hard for other folks that might not have that team. Um, but my usually they can find some folks in their life that they do have or create uh, a, a new support system, uh, maybe from, from something they don't have. Uh, but we can start to use that a, a new support system then, whether it's the 12-step program, a church, you know, some kind of organization, you know, there's support out there. I mean, that's the great part about communities. When did you start to get comfortable with the sound of your own voice? 
Well, it's still just a work in progress. So that's partly, but um, truly part of our training, you know, of having to kind of really do a lot of reflection. Um, you know, I think that was um, for me going through the training to be a counselor and a psychologist helped me grow as a person uh, just as much as it helped me grow as a professional because it did allow me to have to, uh, to really think about myself more. One of the things that we try to instill in people, Mike, is confidence, mm -hmm. okay? And I try to help them understand there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. Yeah. Could you say a little more about that? Yeah, so I think it's important to be able to, to, to know or to feel pretty strongly that you're able to do it, um, but it doesn't have to come off as, uh, yeah, arrogance. Um, so just to try to be, uh, to be humble about it, um, to feel confident in yourself, uh, realistically know what your skills are, and that's sometimes where kind of going back through and looking at the evidence that says, yep, I think I can do this. I've had some experiences, but being realistic that it's it's going to be not perfect sometimes and that that's going to be okay kind of gets you that balance. So you're checking the facts and you're talking to yourself. Yeah. Uh, quite often when people would say, uh, I, I, well, I said to myself or I was talking to myself, other people would say, oh my gosh, you need to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But our job is to 90% of cognitive behavioral therapy is changing the language and the way you speak to yourself. Mm -hmm. Who do you spend more time with other than yourself? Correct. I'm there all the time, so it's me. So that's what we kind of focus on. Um, because, yeah, we have this running narrative sometimes in our head that, you know, we really need to try to, to kind of, I don't know, curate a little bit. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutfaith.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.